Hello and welcome to episode 74 of the Talking Talkie podcast. I'm Ben Curry and tonight I'm joined by Matthew Roberts. Evening. And she's been begging me all season to do a podcast with me. And I've had to say yes, finally, last podcast of the season. It's Rowena Williams. Good evening. I'm just so happy to be here with Ben. We are speaking on Tuesday. And since we last put a podcast out, there's been two games to catch up on. Uh, so last Wednesday... We went up to Stockport on a rearranged match. Stockport needed to win in order to go top of the league and put themselves as favourites to win the league. And we went up there. What were our expectations for that game? Um, I expected us to park the bus somewhat. Um, and I expected Stockport to just crack a winner almost at the end, which actually in the end they did. Um, I think by the sounds of it, we put up a good fight. Um and Halstead especially in the second half uh, for his unexpected arrival. Um, but in the end, you can see how much quality Stockport have. And I don't think it was too much of a surprise that they won the game in the end. Sounds like they got what they deserved. Um, they were knocking on the door, particularly in the second half. Um, and in the end, you know, the dam broke. But I, I wouldn't, I, I didn't really have a problem with, with the result in the end. We, were, we didn't have anything to play for, really just pride and you know teams will have played far worse against Stockport this season yeah similar really didn't think we'd get much out of it um wasn't even as to be honest completely interested in the game because the only thing I wanted to work out was if I wanted us to fuck over Stockport or Wrexham more um and on reflection maybe stop maybe Memphis around Wrexham is even better because it'd be really good if we can ruin their documentary <laughs> Um, I think watching the highlights, we didn't really have much. We weren't really pushing. We were definitely being defensive and they had a huge attendance, um, good atmosphere from their crowd. And I wasn't really surprised that they won. Um, and I, I sort of wasn't surprised by the score really as well, because I didn't think they'd score loads because like Matthew said, we just sort of sat behind it. Um, we looked a bit done with the season, I think was my impression that I got from the highlights. It was nice to see Halstead making a couple of, really good saves um you know he is going to be here next year so it would be good if he's going to be the second keeper that we can trust and when he does come on he's going to be a good player so it's good to see him get some game time I guess that's kind of all I really have to say about that game I think we were fairly entitled though to uh, to go up there and and sit back a bit um because we were playing with uh, effectively not quite a second 11 but there were a lot of players missing and that's been a common theme over the last uh, the latter part of the season particularly amongst the last few weeks I think um you know you, you you're playing the likes of you know Curie Johnson and Joe Felix in midfield against Stockport team which has spent considerable amounts of money uh, assembling their squad and they they put a decent shift in um and you know they, they played pretty well considering that those are squad players really and we all and by the sounds of it we almost scored at the end of the game didn't we um we we almost we almost got a point back, and if we had, um, I think that that would have ruined that would have ruined their day somewhat uh, for Stockport. Yeah, I felt for me it felt like the season ended against Chesterfield. It had that end of season feel to it that the players did a lap of honour around playing more. We clapped them off. Player of season awards. Everyone was saying their goodbyes. See you next season, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it, it felt like this game and Sunday's game were sort of tacked on and almost immaterial. Um, and then in the Chesterfield game, Acer got clattered, Tom Lapsley got clattered. So even if you were, you know, interested in the game, um, 
the sort of team we were taking up there was going to be felt very difficult we were going to get a result. Um, and so my only hope was that we stayed professional and didn't get rolled over and turn up in flip-flops and, you know, make a mockery of it and get turned over 5-0 and have Vex and crying foul. So in the end, 1-0 felt like a, a good effort. And, and like you said, watching the highlights, they kept pushing, kept pushing, kept pushing. And finally, the dam did break. And, you know, you, you can't fault the players' efforts, I, I don't think. Um, and as you mentioned, Sean McDonald got clattered just before half-time. And I think the, the feeling at half-time reading Twitter was one of collective dread amongst the Yellow Army. Um, do you think it, it was fair to feel that way? I think I think the problem is that the players reflect that as well. You know, when when Holstead comes on, there's you can see that I could see, you know, watching the highlights, that the players just don't feel as confident. Um, and I think that goes into the crowd as well. Um, I think he's got he's got a mountain to climb to get the fans on side. Um, I think he actually played quite well. He did a couple of good saves, but we we just have no confidence in him. Um, and I think a lot of well, I know I feel that the beginning of the season, you know, those those games that we lost and a lot were down to some mistakes that he made were the difference. Um, we we've got brilliant results against most of the top teams this year. If we hadn't have lost those games at the beginning, we'd be right up there. Um, that doesn't mean that I think the squad has been particularly consistent all year. I'm not sure we would have necessarily gone up, but I think we would have been in the playoffs. Um, and I, So I think it's fair, but I would like if he's going to play and if he's going to stay, it would be good if we could try and get behind him and hopefully see some improvement. Yeah, he's. Um, it's too late, I think, for any sort of turnaround in opinion on, on him. He's never really going to get a good run in the team again, you assume, because, you know, if... If McDonald stays, then he's going to be number one. And Johnson will have offered him, you know, presumably a very good contract, as good as he can offer him to get him to stay because he knows what his other options are. And he would have to go out again and buy it or sign another another first choice goalkeeper, which he's you know, it's just more hassle than it's worth. Um, so if if Halstead stays, well, we will stay, of course. But if he stays and he's on the sub bench for the rest of next season, then I don't think there's really too much to complain about, really. No, I'd echo that. I mean, I think um, some of the uh, uh, stick went a bit OTT. And I'll be honest, I was probably part of that as well. Um, you know, we, we forget You're sometimes. You're going too far, Ben. I wouldn't believe it. I wouldn't ever believe that Ben goes too far. Well, just look at my Twitter. The evidence is there. I'm a very <laughs> level-headed guy. Um <laughs> Just speak to the Crystal Palace Palace fans. They love you, right? (laughs) Great bunch of lads. And I'll tell you what, that the job that Paddy Vieira has done there is very underrated and, you know, brilliant. (laughs) Lovely club. But I I do think that it went a bit too far at times. But was it fair for him to be made a scapegoat? Um, Yes, I think it was. I think I I saw four of the first six games and he was a a mistake waiting to happen. I've played in goal, 11 aside, 7 aside, you know, whenever I played football. And if you make a mistake early on, it's very hard to turn it around. And he just looked like someone who was petrified of making a mistake. And then once you've made a mistake, not being, not having the confidence to turn it around. And I know how that feels. And that, that's not an easy place to be. And as you said, Arena, those first six games really did set the tone for the rest of the season. And if you, for, for example, if McDonald was to leave, and we give Hulstead for the first six games of next season, we can't afford for that to happen again. So, do you think it's like a, just a confidence thing or do you think it's a skill thing? 
Okay, the thing that I the thing that I noticed is he's got a very weird technique of gathering the ball. And the thing that I've noticed about McDonald all season is that his handling was exemplary. Any goalkeeper can make saves. That's what they're paid to do. That's what you've trained to do all your life for 20 years is, is saving shots. That, that's a basic. But handling is what sets you apart. And if you watch McDonald, the ball's always pouched safely in, in his chest or he catches it first time above his head. He's done that all season. His handling has been exemplary. With Holstead, I don't think he's got the confidence to collect the ball first time. And in the first six games, especially, even all the low shots, you see the ball squirming out from out, out, his, out his grasp. And not only does that make him less confident, it gives the defence a lot less confidence in him. And you can see he's now playing in front of a better defence than he was at the start of the season, which is down to McDonald being a calming influence. And you can see that Holstead put in two decent performances. So... When I wrote for Talkie Talk a few weeks ago, I, I, I said that Kenny Griffiths was my unsung hero of, of the year because I think he's pushed McDonald onto a really high standard. Is he doing the same with Holstead? I'd like to think he is. Um, and it would certainly be interesting to see him have a few friendlies and see how he, how he plays. But I think the damage was done last season in those first six games. And I think it would be a big mistake to, to, to back him to be our number one start of next season if McDonald... Um, that doesn't sign on for next season. Completely agree. Yeah, I don't think he should start. He can't be seen as our first goalkeeper. Otherwise, we're just going to find ourselves in the same position again. That doesn't mean that I don't think he can go on to become a better goalkeeper, but as I'm not sure he's our number one. And at the moment, I can't see that he would be, but let's see. The thing is, you look at his career, okay, he hasn't had the run of games at any club, but he's been there, thereabouts. You know, he's still been a professional footballer in, in league football. So he has to have a decent enough skill set to be able to do that. Well, he came from Morecambe, didn't he? Mm. That was his previous club before us. Um, and he's, if he was five years younger, you'd think he might be worth persevering. If he was McDonald's age, for instance. But he's 30 or 31 now, is he? Early 30s. And you think, how, how much better are you going to get than what you are now? And the answer is probably he's not going to get better because he's already at his prime. Mm. And I think the fans, without getting on his back, the atmosphere will be one of sort of, you know, suspicion if they saw him in the starting lineup. There wouldn't be the sort of confidence that we have in McDonald's if we saw the Holsteins lining up. Um, that said, he's a Talk United player and I will, I will support him until he leaves Talk United. It is as simple as that. Um, he's come down here, you know, Moved a long way down here, away from his family. Uh, I don't know whether he's moved his family down here. It, it can take time to adjust. And obviously, you know, he, he's come in and, and the two performances have been decent performances in the last two games. So who knows? But I do think that he won't be our number one going into the season. That, that, is, my, that is my feeling on that. And that's uh, so, Holstead for you. <laughs> that is Holstead. Yeah. Ben does Holstead. <laughs> well, you're going to be doing Ali Omar later, and I know your opinions about him. You've made that perfectly clear, so that should be uh, fun to listen to. Um, so uh, eventually we, we did lose 1-0, um, and Stockport went on to win the title. Um, and on Sunday, uh, we went to Southend, last game of the season, and that couldn't have been a more of a dead rubber match if we tried. Yeah, I mean... We we were obviously 
Um, I've only seen very small highlights because we've only got sort of two minutes, but um, it's clear that we were really pushing in the first half, um, sort of going for it, perhaps having a bit of fun with it. Um, and then the goal that we let in is the most embarrassing goal I think I've ever seen. Two nutmegs. I've just, I don't think I've ever seen that. You know, it's like clear shot. It's like a croquet shot or something. <laughs> like, um, it was just a bit of a nothing game. Um, obviously, again, we didn't have our strongest team playing. Um, we had Halso playing again. Um, Ali Omar in defence again, who has been a little bit better recently, but still I feel looks very nervous in defence and I'm not convinced even the game that I went to see him play a couple of games ago uh, playing more and, and everyone said he was how brilliant he was playing I just I don't feel confident when, when he's got the ball um he was, he was suspect I thought for uh, for their goal um yeah massively he, he was he was slow off the mark I thought um obviously he couldn't do anything about the ball being not begged between two players as you said but um I thought he could have got closer to their player than than he did which was yeah. unfortunate because he has been he has been good in recent games. He was man of the match in the Chesterfield game, um, and the crowd loved it. Uh, he was he was very he was very good in that game. I thought, um, and I, I suppose it's a it's a, a difference of opinion. We'll see. But, uh, <laughs> I, I, I wouldn't have a problem with him with him being here next season. Um, I mean, he's he's been offered a contract, obviously, but um, he's he's got better than I think most of the players who were signed last season, uh, at the beginning of this season. And he's progressed and he's, he's popular with the fans, most of them, two out of the three people on this podcast. Um, and I honestly, I didn't like him. I think like, I think we've had definitely had worse players. He's got a good attitude, which is nice to see. Um, unlike some people who are on the release list. Um, he, you know, he is definitely getting better, but I want to go into the next season you know, like we said, those first six games, let's win them. We, we don't have any more time for him to keep getting better. He needs to be good. He's had a whole season, you know, um, so we need to start. And I know we had more difficulties signing like last summer and because of the short time frame, but I want us to go into these first games, you know, really going for it because that's where you can pick up some really, really valuable points that later on because of small squads and schedules and things, when we're more tired, we might not be able to pick those points up. So I think the beginning of the season is so important for us. Well, yeah, you look at this season, <clears throat> first six games, we got four points. Uh, we missed out on the playoffs by, in the end, was it eight, eight to ten points? Well, straight away, if you add another six points on, on, onto that, then the last couple of games become important. Um, you know, really, those first six games stymied us for the rest of the season. It set the tone for the rest of the season, and we were always playing catch-up. Um, so, had you decided to go to Southend for whatever reason... Um, and only ever go there if you're going to watch Glory's promotion in 2004. That's the only reason to go to Southend. <laughs> or if you want to see the long pier, which is overrated. Um, if you'd gone there and you'd found that our team um, contained Mark Halstead, Ali Omar, Kiori Johnson, Joe Felix, Keen O'Connell, and our bench was Opie Edwards and three kids who'd never played before, how would you feel um, having made the effort to be there? Um, what does that say about our end of the season? I think, I don't know, I think like you're always going to find that at the end of the season. I think if you go to a game towards the end, you know, even Premier League clubs do it, you know, once they know they're safe and they're not playing for anything. Um, it's not a very exciting list of people, I have to say, but I like, 
I wouldn't, <laughs> I don't think I would go into it feeling like, yes, this is going to be a great game. But I always think like, I do think getting people to play at the end, you know, especially if we're thinking about who we're going to be keeping, who we're going to be getting rid of, get them some game time is always valuable. Having said that, it's a really long way to self-end. So. <laughs> it reminded me of the, of the squad that we were playing at the start of the season. Like all of these players who moved to the fringes when we got slightly better players in. Um, like the likes of Duke McKenna and Wern um, and others. We've now got the likes of uh, O'Connell, um, uh, Curie Johnson, um, Omar, even though he's been pretty decent lately, um, Halster. They've all managed to find their way back into the starting 11 in the past few games, which I found quite amusing. Um, and O'Connell, as we know, is, uh, is is on for next season. So we'll look forward to seeing, seeing him again uh, in, in August. Um, but I... I think if, if you went, you would have expected that team to be put out. I don't know who else you would have you would have thought was going to play. Um, we knew that there were players injured. Johnson wasn't going to bring the like, even if they were fit, he wasn't going to bring the likes of uh, I don't know, Lapsley or Moxie or whoever back for a final game when it meant absolutely nothing. So... I think like when we think about the when you say though Matthew that like you know a lot of these people were on the starting sheet at the beginning Ben what do you think went like say wrong with our scouting I know we had a short amount of time but we've we've signed a lot of duds and we had to we started the season with a lot of people that haven't performed um and some are now going where did, what happened there I think we made a mistake of buying potential instead of buying bona fide non-league players who are ready to go from the get-go um, you know, you're banking on the potential of O'Connell, Gabby Rogers to hit the ground running straight away and start being leading lights and attracting attention from, from up the leagues. And it, it just never happened, really. Um, I've said all season that our first 12 or 13 players are, are very good. And if you get those out on the, on the pitch enough, you, you'll beat most teams in the league, as we've shown um, at Plainmore. We, we, we've you know, given... Most of the top teams are a good game at playing more and beat them quite a few of them. Problem is, is, is the squad players just haven't had the experience to come into the team and um, and know what to do. And I think this is the sort of the point that Johnson made in his scathing post-match interview at South End that you can't teach them the football intelligence um, they need to be able to play the game for ninety minutes without having someone barking in their ear. Um, you know, you look at some of the players and. Keogh Johnson, I think he's been a decent squad player. And Dan Martin's turned into an effective left-back. Are they going to push us on to the next level? Would they be getting into, into a top six side? Probably not. Uh, and I, I think we were sort of hoping that these players would learn as we go along. And not enough of them have, or they've shown a very poor attitude. Uh, someone like uh, Clyde Lawless um, sulked that he didn't get in the team. Um, and then it was pretty much the end of the line after six games, you could have written him off and, and just told him to go to Plymouth Parkway um, for the rest of the season. Um, I mean, on paper, I didn't see too many people say these are terrible signings. I saw people say, we'll give it 10 games and see where they are. Okay, we gave it 10 games and and turned out a lot of them were very green. And you look at the squads higher up the league, they're full of players who've been at this level before and, and have generally succeeded. Obviously, we can't go out and spend five grand on a League One striker and bring them down to our level. But what we have to do is, is find players who we know can perform at this level and take away the first 12 or 13 players in the squad. Just not enough, not enough of those done the business. 
this is what I thought made Johnson's comments after the game a bit unfair, really. Um, because as you say, these are squad players. We started the game with, as I say, Felix, Johnson, O'Connell, and was it Edwards in midfield? Edwards came on for Martin after okay, half yeah. an hour. But the, yeah, the, these are squad players. None of them are really first-team players, and none of them have had a really good run of games, with the exception of Martin. Um, so I don't... For Johnson to come out afterwards and, and say, uh, you know, really criticise him, especially, especially Johnson, especially Curie Johnson, um, I, I was slightly surprised at his, his comments um, in that case, because I thought if he's saying that to the camera, then God only knows what he's been saying in the dressing room to them. But he's quite, I mean, he's quite like that as a manager, though, isn't he? He's not, I don't think he, you know, Liam Davis, when he came on, said, you know, when he heard that he, that he's going to be managed by Gary Johnson, he's a bit nervous because he is quite harsh. He's quite like, he's got a bit of a reputation for that. So I guess maybe that's not working with the younger, less experienced players. Maybe that's oh, yeah. not something they're used to. I don't know. He doesn't suffer any fools, obviously. Um, but I, I thought if you had had your first 11 out, Against South End, then I think maybe you, you could you could expect far more from them, but I think with effectively a a second eleven almost um, in the last game of the season, a dead rubber, um, I think to expect to expect them to really gel together and really work well um, and play some really nice attacking football and to have good as you say football intelligence might have been a bit of a step too far uh, for some of the players maybe if they'd had a bit more bit more time but then you know rightfully so they didn't during the season because there were better options available I have to say I, I thought his comments about Kiori Johnson were quite disrespectful I have to yeah. say um, and we've seen him do it with with Lolos earlier in the season after the uh, Willstone debacle um, and you know that's man management you know or his way of man managing, uh, as Liam Davis said, you know, some, some players will take it on the chin and show him wrong, and others will just sulk, and that'll be the end of the relationship. But I would have kept Kyoi Johnson on as a good squad player. So, in some respects, I'm pleased that that Johnson sees him as surplus for the requirements because it obviously means that he feels we can get better than him, and if that's the case, then good. But I would say it was slightly disrespectful to a player who hasn't had a run of starts, but whenever he's come on, has has been, you know, he's he's given it his all. He hasn't sulked. He's he's put it in there, and he certainly goes to my best wishes, Kiori Johnson. I, you know, I think it was maybe it was just at the end of a long, frustrating season for Johnson, and it was just he just he just saw an opportunity to use someone as a punch bag, and it, it'll be forgotten about in a few weeks' time because. It's Kiori Johnson he's taking it out on, not a Danny Wright or Asa Hall or, or something like that. I mean, obviously we don't know behind closed doors, but do you think that Gary Johnson needs to tailor the way he manages some people? Because it seems like he is managing people quite similarly to us, you know, because of what we've seen in his after-match interviews, that he's quite harsh on his players, you know, that he's quite happy to say, I don't think you're doing well enough. Um, and do you think that we're seeing that quite a lot that's not working with some players at all? You know, Lolos is a good example of that. It's just not worked. So do you think we need to see a little bit more like adaptability from Johnson with the way he manages as a people manager? I think he's too old to change his ways, quite <laughs> frankly. I mean, I would see this job as his last hurrah um, in football management. 
I think he wants to go out on a high. I think he's only going to accept players who want to come with him on this journey. And, you know, he's... I actually think he's been very um, sympathetic and overly sentimental to quite a few players, which has held us back in, the, uh, in our progress in the last couple of seasons. And I think in some cases he could have adapted a, uh, or adopted a, a more, even more harsher stance than he actually has um, in some cases. Um, basically, he's a winner. And you, you know he's got the track record to back that up. So for me, do it however, however, you, however you seem fit. If you keep giving me five ones at home to, to Notts County for my Saturday afternoon football fix, that's fine by me. You know, for the most part, it works. And if one or two people have to walk away with their tails between their legs because they've been told off by, by Uncle Gary, so be it. But if the end result is success, we'll have to take that because football's, you know, a hard business I just wish he'd not get so angry because I always think of his poor heart. Just take it easy, Gary. <laughs> um, just one last thing about um, the South End game. Um, ben Winter played 90 minutes, which meant that he has played every single minute of this season. And I think that's an absolutely unbelievable achievement um, in any league. But when you see someone like uh, Jurgen Klopp start moaning about too many fixtures and this, that and the other, he should try and watch Ben Winter. You know, our, our, our season started uh, after the Premier League and it finished before the Premier League finished theirs. We played Saturday, Monday, Saturday, Tuesday, you know, ridiculous amount of fixtures. Ben Winter, seven out of ten every week, gets dependable, reliable, gets the job done. And that's a brilliant achievement for him. He's had a brilliant season. You know, he's looked really good. I think he's one of those players that slips under the radar because he's not got many you know thrills about him but I just think he's been he's been really great for us this year and I really hope we can keep hold of him and yeah like you said to play every minute is just it's, it's brilliant like oh I'm so sick of hearing it from the Premier League um, managers you know they have huge squads with a huge amount of money sitting on the bench they have nutritionists they have the best training grounds they have the best ground to play on and our players are you know playing a huge amount of games our league is massive plus all you know the Mickey Mouse trophy ones you know like FA trophy and and even all the bits to get even towards the FA Cup you've got all those qualifying rounds as well we play a huge amount of games I'm sick and tired of hearing it but um well done Ben Winter because it's been great watching you play this year the most impressive thing for me about Winter was the fact that we had such a short turnaround from last season he he would have played almost I imagine he would have played every game last season or there or thereabouts and to then come back from I can't remember when Ashton Gate was it would have been about the middle of June it was Father's Day because it ruined my dad's Father's Day a horrible present um to come back to come back from that and have what a few weeks off at most and then get straight back into pre-season um is seriously impressive i mean he, he must be incredibly fit and i do hope that he stays for next season but i can i can i can understand why why, why he would move elsewhere to be honest how long has he been with us now ben will know that hours for four years I have to say, whoever ends up with one of his home shirts is a very lucky chap indeed. Um, you know, as a memento for Ben Winter State, our club, they'd, they'd end up being very that lucky man, to have that memento. That man is exceedingly lucky, I think. Don't cover it with a gilet, is all I would say. If you get that shirt, do not cover it with a gilet. <laughs> Wear it underneath the turtleneck, but I, no, no one would do that. You can no put one. the turtleneck underneath, though, you know, then uh, you're one of those guys. <laughs>
have done that this season, actually. So. Oh, Matthew, don't admit to that. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was Weymouth away, and it was cold, and it was wet. So uh... oh, it was cold. That that was cold. Did you go to that one, Marina? No, I didn't go to Weymouth. No, okay. well, I think I was supposed to go to that one, and I think that was when my dad got COVID. So. Okay. Um, so within hours of uh, the season ending, we started seeing various Insta- Instagram posts from uh, players um, saying their goodbyes. Um, and today, the official uh, retained list or released list, if you like, was uh, finally unveiled. Um, so first of all, we'll go through the players who will not be playing with us next season. They've been released. Uh, first of all, Louis Lau. Not too much of a surprise, I don't think. He's not even been on the bench this season, has he? I don't think. No, I think the writing was on the wall there. Um, I mean, it sounded, uh, I think it was last season, beginning of last season, it sounded like uh, Gary Johnson was, was talking him up. He, you know, he'd put on a lot of muscle, he, you know, filled out, he became a bit more of a man, and they're talking about him. But it's been two years now, it hasn't happened. So, not really a surprise. Uh, Scott, Scott Piper. Haven't got much to add uh, about that, really. Nope, nothing for me on that one. Clyde <laughs> uh, Lollis, the Wildstone yeah. Raider. It's just not worked for him, has it? I think it's a shame because there has been glimmers. You know, I was at the um, when we lost 3-2 to Halifax at home and, and Lollis changed, you know, Lollis got those, those two goals. He changed the game when he came on. And I really thought, you know, you like if he can, he had glimmers of being really good, but it's just, I'm, I'm thinking it might be attitude with him that's got in the way. He's not settled with the club. He's not responded to pressure. He's not wanted to be better. Um, it's just not worked for him here. I'm just a little bit worried that we might it might end up being another Billy Waters and work for him elsewhere, but we'll see. Billy Waters, though, has actually scored goals. Um, he actually scored goals for us last season, and he generally looked all right, towards, especially towards the end. Lolos has just done nothing, really. Um, it's a shame, because I, I was quite excited when he signed, actually, because um, we were linked with him uh, round about sort of February, March last season, I think, uh, for a little while. And then obviously nothing came of that. But no, he's just been a complete flop, unfortunately. Not been able to find the right sort of approach or right position for him at all. Going out on the right wing was uh, his death knell, I thought. Um, yeah, he saw he started the season on the bench. and we, we went two up top with Holman and Wright and Lolos was given the 20-minute substitution slot I think the writing on the wall was, was 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 pretty much there and then really I mean if you sign someone for Plymouth Argyle who's played in their first team he probably shouldn't be bench warming he should be straight in the team um, I've seen a bit of magic in him you know in very very small spells and we're talking about once a game um, every seven or eight games not a lot and I think his body language generally looks like someone who's not very interested sort of a Dimitar Berbatov or Nicholas Anelka looks like he just sulk if he doesn't get the ball and just go missing for large swaths of games. And just a shame, really, because like you, Matt, I thought when we when I heard that we'd signed him in summer, I thought, okay, this this guy, you know, I think um Ryan Lowe was was speak was was talking him up a few years ago for Argyle. Um, but at the same time, I don't think we'll be regretting uh, letting him go. I don't think we will be. Uh, Kiori Johnson. Yeah, I've, I don't know. I'm a little bit torn on him. I think it would be an all right to keep him for another year, but 
He hasn't really done anything, but I don't he's know. not going to get you to that next level, is he? No, probably um, not. But he could have been if we could have trained him up just a little bit more. Maybe somebody that can come on to the game, you know, and tomorrow on the bench. But I don't think we're losing anything by getting rid of him at the same time. Not not taking that same approach to Ali Omar, though, are you? <laughs> I've got time to train up these players. <laughs> Look, I don't like nervous defenders. They make me nervous. I used to be a defender, and you have got to be like confident and not look like you're really scared of the ball when it comes to you. <laughs> uh, Dan Goldman Holman is uh, looking for a new club or possibly a new career. Uh, might go back to fitness training. Um, I'm upset. I'm not upset because he hasn't scored any goals, but I thought at the beginning of the season I thought this was going to be a, a Johnson masterstroke yeah. um, and it wasn't for a lack of effort in the first few games he was buzzing around the pitch he was trying to make things happen but he just felt like a very nearly man sort of just half a yard off getting on the end of crosses or his shots just going the wrong side of the post it, it, it never really happened but I think he only scored three goals this season but the three goals he scored were all top quality goals you can see that he knows what to do, but maybe it's a case of his legs not being able to do what his head's telling him to do anymore. Yeah. It's a shame, really. Was it Holman yeah. that was having, like, was that one that Gary Johnson raised as having, like, issues at home and that there was sort of stuff going on in the background? It was, yeah. He yeah. said he mentioned that after the second Yeovil game, I think. Yeah, so I just wonder if that when, when I've seen him play, it definitely feels like his head's not in it. There's something going on there, and I think perhaps the club's tried to be patient with that, and it's just not quite worked out. Um, he looked, I agree, he looked a bit off the pace, looked like he was sort of running after the ball rather than really like pressing forward, thinking about it. So he, he I'm, looked, I'm disappointed he looked, that he wasn't good, but I'm not that disappointed that he's going. He looked like a man who's spent the better part of well, a good few years out of the game, I thought, which mm. is which is what he was. It, it was it was a punt by Johnson. Uh, in the latter part of uh, pre-season because we needed players and that's the it's the common theme of most players that we signed isn't it um we need players quick the season's coming you know i've got dan holman's mobile number let's give him a call see what he see what he's doing these days and you know could have worked out but didn't unfortunately um but yeah nothing ventured nothing gained uh joe felix was an interesting one um, because I believe we actually paid a nominal fee for him, um, was it in December, uh, from Billericay. But uh, he's he's packing his bags, he's on his way. Quite surprised at that, I thought. Um, not, 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 well, <laughs> yes. Are <I've>, you? <laughs> um, well, yeah, because I thought he's he's been playing quite a fair bit lately. He's been getting a fair few minutes in. And if you do pay... A fee however much that fee was uh, it's still more money than we usually spend on players if you spend a fee on a player and then you bring him in towards the you know, halfway through the season i got the impression that the idea was you know he would have a few months and then pre-season as others have said and then see what he does next season but clearly johnson has seen something which or, or hasn't seen something i think that's it he's been given minutes and he's still not done anything and found wanting yeah you know I'd ruthless think. Rowena that is I'm not going to lose sleep over it let's put it that way <laughs> um, I, I was slightly surprised because in my own mind I had him as another Aaron Nemain or a Frank Vincent who you sign and you have around the squad sort of improving or learning the ropes and getting up to speed 
give him a pre-season and then you, you drop him in next season and he, he's good to go. Um, yeah. But obviously something's happened behind the scenes there. Maybe he hasn't settled in the area. Maybe he wanted to move back because he wasn't getting any first-team chances. We, we, don't, we don't know, but obviously we, we, he's been on the bench a fair bit recently due to a lack of numbers and he hasn't been getting on um, or, or onto the pitch. And even if he has been on the pitch, he hasn't really been affecting games. So is it another one like Kiori Johnson... Can we find better out there? We probably can. Um, Martian Boskowski, sub-goalkeeper. Absolutely zero surprise from anybody in the entire club, but he's gone. I don't think anything needs to be mentioned about that. It was pretty obvious. And last, I'd actually forgotten, he was still on the books, Jake Andrews, everyone's favourite new chef. <laughs> That's probably the one of the least surprising ones, I think. Um... So I was sort of surprised that he was still there. <laughs> Um, I think Jake Andrews, yeah, I think Jake Andrews has a lot of talent. Um, he was really important for us in the past. But his, his attitude has just got in the way. You can't be bad-mouthing your employer, you know, and your family bad-mouthing your employer on social media. It's just it's just not good. And, like, they're never going to hold on to you from that. And I don't know how you ever come back from that as well. Um, I think there were times where he was quite a magic player. Like, some of his free kicks were awesome and like but he's gone to heaven and he hasn't really and he hasn't really done very much there either um so i think it's of no surprise and i genuinely was surprised that he was still even at the club so i was um i mean i think in, in terms of his appearances for haven't he's only been getting even cameo appearances for them he's, he's coming on when he does get onto the pitch he's coming on for the last 10 minutes of games and i think if you can't force your way into a conference south side that I can't remember if they did get in the playoffs or they didn't. I don't think they did. Um, if you can't get into that side, into the starting eleven, then there's not really much hope for you to get back into into a you know top half conference side, which is such a fall from grace. I thought it's a real shame because a few years ago or a couple of years ago, it would have been a discussion about you know do you have Lemonhay Evans or Andrews um, starting. And it would have been a really difficult choice, but it certainly isn't anymore. And it's a, it's a real shame, but it's not. I don't think it's at the club's making. No, I mean I, I completely agree. I think there was a time um, where he was our best player. Yeah. Um, so our, our best chance of, of getting a goal was from one of his corners or, or free kicks. Uh, he's got a good shot from distance. He's got a good technique, um, but it just appears to me to be someone who um, isn't prepared to put the effort in. Um, and even in the non-league South, he had sort of an antagonistic attitude. Um, I think he went out on the lash one night at the races and got found out and he got dropped for a couple of games and you can't do that as a professional footballer. Um, and it's a shame because I, I, I really supported Jake, you know, and I rated him quite highly, despite his uh, penalty miss at Bath City, which I'll never forgive him for. Um, that was an absolute disgrace. But... Um, um, it is a shame to see wasted talent and I can't help but think now that he's finished in, in, in professional football and, and that is a shame because you see a lot of players um, would die for uh, with the technique he's got who are willing to put the effort in but won't have, you know, the percentage of skill that he's got. Yeah, it all feels like a bit of a big joke to him. You know, like, not really, I mean, obviously... <laughs> busy cooking tonight and that's kind of funny but it's also like oh, uh, that in addition to the other things that he's said and done it just seems like like you said that he didn't really care and you know I can see him getting the news today and just saying that he doesn't care and 
really probably does, but it's all probably a little bit of bravado. I don't know, but it is a shame because I do think he's a good player underneath it all. So they were all released. And then uh, the biggest shock of the day for me was finding out that Gabby Rogers had been given a two-year contract and we get to look forward to seeing him again next season. At Plymouth um, Parkway. <laughs> who knows? They might come to play more in a pre-season friendly. We don't know. And he could do a couple of step-overs and hit the bar from 30 yards and we all coo over him. And then um, they're missing for nine-tenths of the season. <laughs> nine-tenths is, is an understatement, I think. <laughs> I, I mean, I can, I can see... I, I was shocked that he was on a two-year deal. I can see, I can see why we got him um, at the end of last, at the end of the preseason. He was one of the last additions to the squad, I think, um, and he did impress in a couple of preseason games. And we were short of players, so we needed we needed bodies, and he he would have been as good a choice as any, probably. Um, two-year contract, surprising, um, but maybe to play devil's advocate, maybe we were so desperate for for players that we thought okay we'll, we'll give you what you want i i can't imagine he's on a, de- a, a big wage he must be on one of the lower wages in the squad so perhaps the commitment of a two-year contract wasn't deemed particularly disadvantageous uh, disadvantageous I, to the club i just don't understand that you give someone a uh two-year contract and then you write them off after six or seven games no, that, that's that's wasted money. Then you you've got to try and get something for your money. You, you know, even if it's not a lot, we've sent him off to Truro and he's been bombed out there. And last seen, you know, turning out for Plymouth Parkway, I think, or, or or someone like that. If if you give someone a two year contract, you you've got to try and get something for your money. Um, you can't just say actually it hasn't worked out. Goodbye, see you later. Uh, it doesn't work like that. We haven't got the money to waste. Yeah, I agree. Um, I, I can see why we gave him a two-year, and we've been at the at the other end of like giving players one year and then them going on a free. You know, we've seen that so many times. So I can see. I do think we should give certain players longer contracts because we do sort of focus on just giving one-year contracts a lot, and we lose loads of money through that. Um, but yeah, Gabby Rogers has done fuck all. I I agree. Like. If we're going to keep him, we need to then, you know, well, we are keeping him because we have to. If you if you sign someone for two years, you do need to put the effort in. You do need to get him to a point where he can be, even if he can be the sub that comes on at 70th minute and does something for the game. At the moment, he's doing nothing. I mean, well, a Yeovil um, mate of mine said when we, when we signed him, he said, oh, if you can coach him right, then you could have a really good player on your hands um, because he showed what he can do with us. Um, but he just he just didn't have the time, he didn't have the game time, and so I thought, oh, we could have a bit of a diamond in the rough here. Um, but in the end, I don't. I think Johnson thought, oh, to hell with this. I can't. I can't be asked wasting time on 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 this player when you know, there are others clearly that that need attention. So, do we expect to see him? Uh, have a move manufactured as quick as possible, and having his or having his wages paid off. Or do you think we're going to give him a preseason and, and, and try and get something out of him next season? I, I wouldn't be surprised if it's um, similar to the Josh Gowling situation of a few years ago when uh, we were down in the Conference South. I'm sure you remember this, Ben. When uh, he, I don't think he played, he barely played in preseason at all. I was barely on the books almost, and he got a move. Um, he was sent on loan to Alfreton. Um, fairly quickly 
and I don't think he ever played for us again. I, I wouldn't be surprised if something something similar happened with with Rogers in this case. Yeah, I'd like to give him some preseason. Why not? See if we can get anything out of him. You know, anything. We have so many. Uh, I do think that we have so many signings last year that just weren't good enough. Wouldn't it be good to get one that actually did turn out all right? I think we've got it. If we've got to give him a bit of a chance. I've got Ali Omar for that. So, uh, so also signed on for next season um, as part of the Manic uh, Monday. Uh, Mark Holstead and Keen O'Connell uh, both on two-year deals. So we've discussed Holstead. Um, Keen O'Connell is interesting because I can see why we signed him. He's from the Bournemouth Academy. Um, we've you know seen a lot of good uh, uh, graduates from that. Had a very good career in football. We've banked on his potential. This season, he's been a very bit part player. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see how Gary Johnson uses him this season, whether he's prepared to put the effort in to guide him um, uh, on the field. Because he, he seems to me to be a player who needs to be told what to do um, every step of the way. I think there's glimmers of um, that, that he could be a good player. I think I've seen him play, I've seen him play okay. Um, more so than some other players. Uh, again, I think a lot of it will come into pre season and seeing if he can have a little bit more. I just think our preseason last season was just must have been a mess. Like, I think everybody would have been so disheartened. Um, it was a, such a short amount of time, and I, I'm not sure there was ever there's ever even of the players even the players that have played well this year there hasn't been consistency for me apart from Sean Mack who's you know played well every single game I do think even you know Lemon Hay Evans has had off games you know quite a few off games the games that I've seen he hasn't really shined in them and I think there hasn't been that much feeling of a team if we can try and get a better preseason this time there are there is something in O'Connell that I think if there's a bit more of a team behind him could play quite well I think there was something there with O'Connell he was getting he was progressing, I think, uh, and sort of around December time, uh, especially Weymouth, Weymouth away. I thought he was he was very good, um, but then he he just dropped off. He he disappeared uh, from the team for months. Uh, would pop up on the bench every now and then, but barely got a sniff. So I don't know whether something happened at, at some point, um, but I wouldn't. It depends on Johnson's marquee signs who he's got lined up in the summer, I suppose. Um, but I wouldn't be expecting him to to be much of a feature uh, next season, of course, depending on who we sign. Which is a shame, really, because I think he, he's regressed almost in his, in his ability, or certainly in his confidence, maybe. Uh, when yeah. He's, play, he's played a bit lately, uh, or more than he's played all season, actually, in the past few games. I just haven't really seen anything there which would justify his selection if you had stronger players available. Uh, so absolutely everybody else in the squad has been offered a new deal, um, of which uh, we've heard various rumours in the last few days emanating from various in the nose that Lemon Hay Evans, Joe Lewis, Amani Little, Sean McDonald and Ben Winter are all going to be packing their bags. Um, do we see all five of them leaving or... Do we have any hope of of retaining the services of, of any of them? Do you reckon? I don't know. I have I have hope of getting keeping Ben Winter. Having watched Joe Lewis this year, it's, he's definitely leaving. He's just unfortunately too good for us. Um, I think Lemon Hay Evans will probably go as well. Um, and Little, I just think 
I wouldn't be surprised. I don't think the fans have treated him very nicely. Sean Mac, McDonald and Ben Winter, I would hope. I think Sean McDonald loves being here. I think he loves being the star. He loves being the hero. He loves being like the main man. And he's going to get that here and he might not get that elsewhere. So I'd hope those two. Yeah, it's it's difficult because if you'd, if you'd asked that question um, last season, um, I think the answers would be more certain. But now you've got the likes of these players have been here for a long time now, uh, especially in winter. Four years he's been here and he's still only a young player, but he's progressed a huge amount in that time. I think he's obviously what you want him to stay and sign a multi-year contract. But I think he'd be well within his rights to think, you know, I've, I've been here for a good amount of time now and I'm a very different player to who I was when I first joined. Why not try higher up the pyramid where I'm going to be able to get more money. I imagine he must have it. There must be interest in, in him and, and the other players who've been offered contracts. Yeah, I've said on Twitter a couple of times that I'm not bothered about who stays and who goes, to be honest. Um, anyone who decides to go will go with my best wishes and I wish him well. But I'm looking forward to seeing who we bring in and maybe seeing a slightly different style of play. Um, you know, I think... Our best 11 only plays in one way, and that's the long ball up to Danny Wright and passing off to Lemon Hay Evans and Amai Lissell. You know, we've, we've gone through this in great detail throughout the season. I'd like to see us play a slightly more expansive game. I'd like to see us get the ball forward quicker. Um, so um, I'm not particularly bothered. All I want is for the squad first day of next season to be good and ready to go and fully fit and willing to give it a good go from the very first whistle. I don't care who's in that squad. If they want to stay, great. I'll, I'll I'll be I'll be up for it. I'll be cheering them on. If they go, you know, maybe it's time for them to go. Um, so that leaves us uh, assuming the rest want to stay. Asa Hall. Yeah, you'll stay. I think he's probably got another season left in him. Just about, I think. Yeah. But I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say he's I wouldn't say he's going to be starting every game. I don't think he can anymore. Unfortunately, not finishing every game. Uh, I think out of everyone, he's one of the players who was badly affected by the lack of time in between the two seasons. And I think he's been carrying some sort of fitness issue throughout the season. I think he's a very fit player naturally. So I think a long layoff, a proper layoff, like, like you should have to, to in between seasons, will do him a world of good. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him come back and have a stellar season next season. I, I, I don't think it's his age stopping him. I think it's a fitness issue which can be sorted out. When he has, when he does play, he's he's generally reliable, um, and I think there have been a few games that have passed him by recently. But I think that's a culmination of playing eighty games in a very short space of time over the last two seasons. But I think generally, if you've got all those players leaving, you need to have experience left in the dressing room, um, and I think you need to have players who know how to be a professional footballer in the dressing room. I think he has a very positive influence on on players, and I think he knows what he's doing. I'd still trust to get 30, 30 good games out of them next season. So, for me, I've got no problem with him staying. Um, focus on regrowing his hair because he's not as strong about it. So Absolutely. <laughs> I, I completely I, I echo that. Completely agree with that. Uh, uh, Olaf Kazela? That was... Well, it, he's barely played. Um, and when he when he has played in the last few games, I don't I don't think anyone's really seen anything where you think, well, he's, he's come on a lot. But... Uh, I remember Johnson saying it might have been last season or even the season before. He said, well, while, while I'm at the club, Olaf will always be here. And 
seems like that was a pretty cast iron promise, actually, doesn't it? Um, I feel like the fans really want Olaf. We want Olaf to be really good, don't we? I think we're behind him, but it's been, I feel like I've seen his name for quite a few years now and I'm not seeing that much happen. He's well into Ashley Yeoman territory, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, for me, it's a wasted wage. I mean, I, I don't know. None of us know the budget or we're, we're just speculating. But but for me, every penny counts. And if you're paying him a, a wage, I think you need to see more from him than three 10-minute cameos at the end of the season when, when everything's already been decided. Um, if you can spend money better elsewhere, then you should be spending it elsewhere. So if you're going to give him a deal, then you've got to, we've, we've got to see him start games or, or at least get half an hour in games at the beginning of the season and trying to affect games because... We haven't seen any of that from him. It just seems money... We need to stretch the budget as far as we can. And it, it, it just seems that money is not going anywhere with him whatsoever. And we all want to see youth players thrive. We want to see youth players get us money. But what's the point if we've given him four years and we just know he's going to end up at Tiverton banging in 30 goals and get the same people on Facebook every Saturday afternoon saying, oh, I've scored two more goals today. <laughs> it, it's, it, it's just so frustrating. I agree. Completely. For the for uh, first time ever, I agree with Ben. <laughs> it's not the first time ever. He's just saying that. Um, Tom Lapsley. I thought uh, he was on a two-year deal, actually. Yeah, that's what the assumption was anyway. Um, but he... I very much hope that he, he signs uh, signs another contract because he's been... He was by far the best signing that we made in the close season um, back in August. And his influence on the team, his tenacity and his, his will to win and do anything it takes to win, as well as his dress sense, is what set him apart from other players this season. He's, he's been a really popular player. And um, if uh, I imagine he, he, he may get, obviously may get interest from elsewhere, um, but I think we'd be a poorer team without him. Yeah, I echo that. I think he has worked really, really hard. I think the fans love him as well. Um, you always know he's going to work really hard. What I don't think is that any other clubs will come in for him. No. Which How come? Uh, I think people are put off by his physique, which is, you know, wrong um, <laughs> to be like that. And I think he perhaps won't, not this season, I don't think he'll have caught anyone's eye. Um, but I think that if he plays like he has done this season for his game, then next, at the end of next season, I think someone will come in for him. I really like him. I and mean, you can tell that he spent a lot of time at Colchester in the Football League. You can see that by the way he plays football, the way he knows how to play football, the, the cute little uh, bits of time-wasting and shithousing he gets away with on a weekly basis, which makes him a hero to the crowd. So I'm, I'm keen for him to stay. Um, although I am slightly concerned that he does seem to break down a fair bit. He doesn't normally seem to last 90 minutes. Normally, because he's flying around the pitch, headbutting people's kneecaps and stuff like that, because he's a little terrier. But, but I, I like him. I, I love him, and I'm ho hopefully, I think he will. I think he will stay. Uh, Dan Martin. I'm quite happy that we want to keep him. I think there's been times, there's been games I've seen that he has made a bit of difference, and I think there's, I really do think that there's potential there. Um, if they really focus on pre-season, making him a part of the team, I think he could be really good. Yeah, mo mostly agree. I think um, he he started out as did some of the other players who we got in in the summer and didn't seem to be up to too much. 
and you thought his career was over when he got sent off against Havant. Um, but then he's really come on. Although in the last couple of months or last month or so, uh, I haven't really noticed any sort of sparkling performances from him. Um, I didn't think he was up to a huge amount against Chesterfield. Um, but I th- is he, is he I talked about this earlier, but is he going to be the kind of player who gets you into a top six side? Mm, debatable. But I, I can't make my mind up on him. I, I think he can be. I, I think there's potential there. Um, he's got a good engine. He gets up and down the line well. Um, and he's been part of a defence which, since McDonald, McDonald came back into the team, has been quite miserly, actually. Um, you know, we've kept a fair few clean sheets. And I think if he's part of a settled defence, I, I think he's, he's, he's a good asset to have. Um, he doesn't shirk out of a challenge. Um, um, and I think he's bought into the Gary Johnson philosophy. I think he's someone who probably has had uh, strips torn off him in the past, probably after the Haven game, as you mentioned. And he's probably reacted to that in a positive manner. And I think um, that's something that, that Gary's probably put a tick against his name. And I think he has steadily got better throughout the season. And I, I think in, in a settled team, I, I think he, he he's a good good left back to have. He's uh, he's been talkyified, as as Gary would say. <laughs> yeah. So is Ali Omar. He's definitely been talkyified. Well, I agree so, with that. Yeah. Actually, yeah. He's 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 really got on board with what with the teachings of of Johnson. Um, he's Mr. Torquay, I think. Uh, I, I think, uh, yeah. He's, you can all um, love him when he's letting in five goals next <laughs> season per game. My point, I like Ali Omar. I think he works really, really hard. I think he cares about the club and it's nice to see. But I still think he looks very nervous on the ball. Um, even on the games that he played well, I think the game, the game that I saw where he played well, uh, he was getting told what to do a lot by the other players. Um, I'm not quite seeing that he... He's making those decisions himself. A lot of the time he's running back to get the ball because he's not there where he should be. Um, I want him to improve. I really like him as a person. I think the club really likes him. I think, you know, you compare his attitude to Lolos and how much he's wanted to prove himself and not give up. It's great. But I feel nervous when he's on the pitch every time. Joe Lewis is kind of his mother figure, father figure. Mm-hmm. Um, well, while, they're, while those two are playing together. Um, but I, I think there are, he's not going to be your first choice centre-back, along with Lewis, assuming he stays next season. But I'd be perfectly happy to have him on the bench and to come in when you're defending a lead. Come in, get a red card, go back up again. All <laughs> <laughs> this negativity towards, towards... I don't know what he's done to you, really. It just makes me nervous, and I don't like defenders that make me nervous. You know, defenders aren't there to make you worry. Does, does Joe Lewis not make you nervous when he's manhandling a man on the halfway line and getting himself the, sent in off? The, in the first minute? <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, Joe Lewis commands the defence, you know, and I'm not saying that nobody... No National League defender is perfect. That's why they're in the National League, and you know, but there is just some... A nervous energy around Ali Omar that oh. I just feel concerned about. I might be wrong. It might be that he needs a little bit more time playing. Um, it might be that he needs some more experience. Um, and I, I would really like to see him be a really good defender. I really would. I like. I think person. the first six games didn't help him at all. It was so chaotic um, in defence, and it was so noticeable how inexperienced he was as part of a back four who was generally quite experienced. Um, he looked the odd man out in that situation. 
But to be fair, I think he's bounced back really well from that. And actually, his last few games, he's 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 looked good. Um, nowhere near the finished article. That those, that those games meant nothing. And that's when he's looked good. When the pressure is off, he can perform. No, not necessarily. I don't think they, they meant nothing. They, they meant everything to him because he was playing, playing for a contract. But he's not, I'm going to say, yeah, but as in for the, the result, yeah. Uh, didn't mean I mean, he was he was in the same boat as Holstead at the beginning of the season. He was public enemy number one, and he's not perfect. No, he's never but... in the same boat as Holstead. Everyone's always liked Ali Omar. They have, they have. You can't say that, like, on social media, for example, people were laying into Holstead, and nobody has done. People were saying Ali Omar isn't very good, and were, like, laughing at his mistakes and all that, and saying they didn't necessarily want him playing a lot, but they were saying how much he loves the club. That's been the general attitude towards Ali Omar. I, I said on Twitter at the beginning of the season, they're both rubbish and they both need to come out of the first team for talking about its own good. And I, and I, I, I said that and, I, and I'll, I'll own that. And I'm going to say right now that he's come back into the team last last five, six games of the season and he's performed well. And he's, he's clearly learned and he's learning. and He's a young lad and he's development. He's got the physique for it. He can see ball, head ball, see ball, kick ball. I've, I've got no problems with him at all. And if he stays here, I'll be cheering him on. I'll be cheering him on as well. Of course, of course. And never Blackley. boo any of our players, not even Blackley. Halstead. But after he makes a mistake, you'll be. Uh... I'm not going to say anything if he makes a mistake. I'm just going to pull a knowing face. The silence <laughs> will be deafening. <laughs> well, Matthew and I were stood next to each other at Notts County when he got sent off. And to this day, I. Okay, I've had a few beers, but to this day, I maintain he won the ball with that challenge. And he got, he got unfairly sent off. It was an inch perfect challenge, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> The referee could not see from his angle that he won the ball cleanly. And I, and I know that you can't swing from behind and you're running the risk of it. And he was probably in a poor position to start off with. But he, he's an experienced defender and he's enthusiastic and he wanted to win the ball. And he did win the ball, in my opinion. Um, but I think those first six games were uh, a bit of a circus and it was right to take him out of the team when we did. And I don't think he's let us down when he's come back into the team. And I'm not saying he has to start every game next season, but I'm saying that I'd be very happy for him to be part of the squad next season and continue to learn. Agreed. Uh, Dean Moxie. Um, hmm. Yeah. Uh, I think great. I think he's getting a little bit older and getting a little bit more injury prone. But... Um, I still think he's really important. I think he's probably the, out of all of the elderly players who we've got, he's the best one we've got left, I think. Out of Hall, Wright and himself, I think he's the fittest and he's still got the most ability. He's been almost ever-present this season. I don't. He's not really got injured very much at all. Um, and he's, he's still got it. He, he can still tackle. He's still got a little bit of pace. He can read the game really well. He's got that football intelligence that Johnson talks about. And he provides a calming influence on other players around him, I think, which is particularly good for players, um, the younger players who've, who've come in. And also, yeah. he's got a fantastic long throw, which we've missed in recent games, particularly at Chesterfield. Um, so I would, I'd be delighted to have him back in for one, one more season. 100%. Completely agree with all that. Yeah. Uh, Alex Moyes, someone who I, I don't generally go to pre-season friendlies, so I haven't seen anything of him whatsoever. 
So I've heard people say he was uh, decent in the preseason friendly. He was, well, yeah. Well, um, let, let, let's see him in, in uh, playing uh, a league game or, or, or actually you know, making an appearance off the bench in a league game. A long time ago as do. well. <laughs> preseason friendly now. Cool <laughs> uh, away it was. First preseason friendly. Um, it would have been late July-ish, I think. Uh, yeah, he, he looked pretty good in that game, I thought. But then again, so did Lolos, so did Halstead. Um, and yeah, we all know that ended up. But he he seems he seems to have been the player that Johnson trusts, or the, the youth player that Johnson trusts, along with Olaf, to come off the bench for a 10-minute cameo. So I suppose if Olaf is getting another contract, then it stands to reason that Moyes would as well. If we're paying him a wage, let, let's see him play. That's, that's what I'll say on the matter. And finally, a uh, bit of a Marmite uh, character, uh, Danny Wright. Oh, Danny Wright. I love Danny Wright. I think he's been really important for us again. Uh, I actually think he might not carry on playing, though, is the impression I've got. Um, I think he doesn't necessarily look like he's loving it as much as he was. I think his... I don't like to say that like his body's given up on him because there's sometimes where he's just like changed the game for us. But this is contentious. <laughs> I really like Danny Wright, but I sometimes think we rely too much on him being a big, tall guy. And that's sometimes our standard of play drops when he's on. Um, and I actually think sometimes when we don't have that option to lump it at the front, we play better football. I quite agree with that, actually. Um, I think he's been somewhat cursed this season by the fact that the other options up front that we brought in Lolos and Holman turned out to be duds so we had to rely on Wright and we really struggled to get anybody else in didn't we Armstrong came in but then he went and all we've had is Wright really this season and thank god he hasn't got injured that much actually um and somehow his body has kept playing almost 90 minutes week in week out even on Saturday Tuesday Saturday Tuesday at times I don't quite know how um, just need to clop about it his players can't cope them <laughs> <laughs> well, they need to yeah they need to talk to Danny right um but I, I think I'd I keep I imagine the terms that Johnson has offered him are probably you're not going to be playing as much um a bit of a reduced role and you'd think that that would suit right because he can't do another full season I think in the last few games when I went to Chesterfield I thought he looked knackered from very early on and he doesn't need to. He doesn't need to score loads because you know he's he's a fairly bigish bloke who can lay it off to others. But yeah, you, you wouldn't. I don't think he's going. He's not going to be a starting player next season. And as you just said, Ben, if you if you're paying him a wage, then you need to be seeing players play. Um, I, I wouldn't be. I don't think it would exactly be tortuous if. He turned it down. I absolutely love the bloke. I respect the fact he's still playing at 37. I love I, the love of the game that he has. I find that infectious. Um, he puts himself about. He puts 100% effort in every single game. Um, I think the role we ask him to play is hard on his body. Um, you know, he's, he's jumping for headers 90% of the game, winning a lot of them. I think his link-up play is absolutely superb. Um, you look at the Notts County game um, and we battered Notts County. He was a massive part of that, which goes unnoticed uh, because obviously Lissell and Lemon took the plaudits. But you watch how he was involved in every single goal in that game and, and, and how he laid it off and the intelligent balls and the intelligent movement. 
how he you know takes up the two centre halves out of the equation uh, more often than not. I think he still has so much to offer, um, and I agree we can't be asking him to play forty games next season. We need to get twenty five games out of him. But to do that, you need to make sure the other strikers we bring in are going to score the goals, which he isn't scoring. Um, and if we can't guarantee we're going to do that, then he has to be on his way as well. I don't want to see him go because I think he's a, a great pro. And I'd like to have thought that someone like Lolos could have learned from him. It doesn't seem to have done. But um, I, I think he's a good guy to have around the place. And I think he's yeah, given proper service in the think, box. Do you think if we keep it... I, I would like to see him stay around. Do you think... Um, you would you keep him sort of playing a little bit but starting to coach some of the younger strikers not so much coaching but i think it's it, it's how he conducts himself on the on the training ground um and just giving pointers here and there not necessarily coaching but i get the feeling he might have put his arm around uh sinclair armstrong a couple of times and given a few pointers um and, you know, sinclair armstrong i, I could be well, well well wide of the mark but he might have gone back to qpr and and taking a few things on board and, and you know, who knows? But I, I do think he's a good player to have around and still got the know-how. And I still think he enjoys playing football, still enjoys scoring goals. And I would give him one more year. And as I say, not, not, not to flog him to death, but I still think he's got a part to play. I'd agree, yeah. I'd, I wouldn't like to see him leave. I just think he might choose to. Depends I can also what, see it depends that. what his body's saying. It just I can also I can saying. also see that happening. I mean, he um, I think he's based in Gloucestershire, and uh, obviously you both know that sort of commute is pretty tiring at the best of times. So if he's doing that every single day or, or three times a week, that's that's not that's not ideal for him, I'm sure. But um, so at the moment, as it stands, we only have um. Mark Holstead, Keen O'Connell and Gabby Rogers for certain next season. So what would you like to see? How would you, you rock up for the first game of the season next season? What would you like to see? I want to see some pace in the squad because we've, we've suffered from that this season. Previous season, we had Nemain and Whitfield on the wings for most of, most of the season. And the options that that gives you is tremendous. And we've, we've really suffered this season because we haven't really got proper wingers. Um, you've got O'Connell and you've, you've had Rogers at the start, but neither of them are really wingers. They were more wide midfielders. Um, so I'd like to see two out-and-out wingers who can, who've got bags of energy and pace, who can run up and down for 90 minutes and cross a good ball in. But I appreciate that's what every single team is after. Um, and also decent striking options. Everybody wants a 20-season, a 20-goal-a-season striker. Um, and not everyone is going to get one. But if you can have two strikers or three strikers who score you know, seven, eight goals between them, then you're well on your way, I think, especially when you've got goals coming in from the midfield as well. Um, but it's, it's the forward line, I think, which the attacking options which need the most attention. And I'm sure, I'm sure Johnson has, has got his, his ideas in mind. Um, but yeah, that's the thing for me. Yeah, I agree. It'd be lush to see someone like really banging in some goals again. Um, I know it's quite a luxury in the National League. I think for me, I would really like to see more consistency. Um, what what found this year is I would see some games and we were playing as well as we were playing last season. And then others, it, everyone, we were just going missing. We'd look like we were 11 men who didn't know how to play together. So I'd like to see a little bit more of like games, you know, back-to-back -back games, um, 
continuing to be really good um throughout that and and not feeling like you know because like i said earlier even for me like lemon hay evans is great but then there's been some games at this time this season where he's just not really been there um i haven't actually seen him play well this season um which is a shame because i love him as a player um i'd also like to see a little bit and this is a long shot in national league but a bit more depth um some a bench that we feel like we've got an option that, that there's somebody on the bench that can come on and change the game for us in the last 20 minutes you know um another defender not complete fear that if one of our our first 11 gets injured we have nobody to replace him like you were saying in the last game of the season that that second you know that second team is just not strong enough at the moment so i'd like to see that and i always quite like to see uh some interesting loan players young loan players from higher up clubs i think it's always fun to watch them it's great watching Kiefer Moore at Torquay you know it's always fun to see them play and see them come on with us but perhaps a little bit longer Sinclair Armstrong just left a bit too quick for me I think that will come the the depth this season because we've got so much more time uh, Johnson will have been working this stuff out for weeks if not a couple of months I would imagine so if if we are in the position where we are now of having squad players that Johnson doesn't trust on the first day of next season then I think we've got a real problem but I've I wouldn't I don't suspect we'll be in that position I'll back him to go and get some decent signings who he he knows and who he knows can do well, hopefully, anyway. Okay, and sitting here two days after the season has finished, do you back Gary Johnson to get promotion next season? Can he do it? He needs some money, so it depends where them, if we're getting the money. If we are given a fair shot with budget from our owners, then absolutely yes. I think it'll be easier is the wrong word, but I don't think it'll be as difficult next season as it is, as it has been this season. Um, obviously, Stockport have gone up and hopefully Wrexham follow them. So that's two big spenders out of the way. The two teams that are coming down, Oldham and Scunthorpe, is there really any reason to worry about what they'll be doing next season? Probably not. Um, you've got, you've still got the likes of Notts County, Chesterfields, and a few other fairly big teams, Grimsby, the likes of. Yeah, but we don't want to be fifth or sixth, so we don't need to worry about Nuts County because that's their favourite. No, 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 <laughs> not at all. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't think it'll be as difficult as it is at the moment. But yeah, as you just said, you need the budget. And we had that last season and we had it in previous seasons. Clearly, we haven't this season, but you can only work with what you've got, unfortunately. And the division is, despite the fact that you've got big teams going out, you've still got a lot of competition and it's going to be very difficult and you've only got one automatic promotion spot, so we really have to start well and it's a big if. But, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Ben, your thoughts? I still back Gary Johnson to do it. I, I think he's got one last hurrah in him and I think he... he, he still enjoys being a football manager. I still think he's got a fire in his belly. Um, he's got tricks up his sleeve. Um, he, it, it's all about recruitment. That, that's all it comes down to is recruitment. I think even um, a smaller budget, I think if you're good with recruitment, you can, you can make that work. You look at Sutton last season, they probably didn't have a very big budget comparatively. Um, Solid hole this season, won't have had a very big budget comparatively and they finished two or three points off both Stockport and, and Wrexham, you know, it, it's how you make it work. And I think he would have, 
been disappointed and frustrated by how he's managed the team this season. I think he'll know he's made mistakes and I think he won't be wanting to repeat those mistakes. And I think he's going to be hell-bent on getting it right this season because I think he appreciates the support he gets. It's overwhelmingly positive at every match day. Uh, we all love him. He doesn't get many dissenting cries from the crowd. He doesn't get much abuse. I think he appreciates and respects the talkie crowd. And I think he's going to do all he can to give us a, a good season next season. And his, his CV still tells me that, that, that you know, he can do it. I, I think he can do it. I'll hold you to that then. So, I think Omar's going to be great and we're going up. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, any other business? Uh, well, it's Tim Sills Day. It is Tim Sills Day, yeah. Um, how long was that ago now? Is it 2009? 13, 13 years ago, yeah. Wow. I didn't go to that game. What? What? It was the best game Why, I've yeah. ever been to, ever. <laughs> and you've only been to about six, so... Ooh. <laughs> I watched it on BT Sport. Oh, it was Satanta, I did. Um, I remember at the beginning they had like a competition where this guy had got to the final right before the start of the game where he had to kick a square ball and it was like oh, do as many kiki-uppies as possible yeah <laughs> I remember that I'm thinking well, that's strange I think he won loads of money as well it would like beat a certain number so but yeah it's a pretty cool day especially with the uh, mask on I think that added to it and everybody wearing the mask in the crowd as well um yeah um Great to talk you do well at Wembley because mostly I've seen them lose. <laughs> I, was I, there, got... I was there the season before. I picked the right game to go to the, the Chris final. Todd. Oh, God. yeah. yeah. On, on the way up to the match, I convinced myself it was going to be another Ebbs fleet and I was convinced we were going to lose. So I got on the beer quite early without eating anything substantial. And I was quite drunk by the time I got into the match. And luckily, I sobered up for the second half because I was right behind the goal in line with the crossbar. And I always remember the ball coming in and the ball just coming towards me and hitting the top corner of the net right in front of me. Literally, right in front of me. I could see it all the way. And just the whole crowd just went mental as one. And yeah, that's... I think I was just up. to the left of it and I remember sort of Sills running at us, you know, with arms outstretched. Like, yeah, it's great. It was the best uh, game ever, Matthew. You missed out. It's all right. Yeah, well, it, I, like I say, I went, I went to the, the, the one the year before. Then I went to Old Trafford a couple of years later. And, well, we uh, don't talk about that one, do we? So that was very annoying. <laughs> so you, 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 you're not allowed to go to finals ever again, really, because you're a bad, bad omen. Yeah, I, I, I loved going to Ashton Gate last season as well. We don't mention Ashton Gate. Yeah. We, we, we don't mention it. It used to be that we couldn't talk about Old Trafford because, you know, we all felt Paul Buckle somehow did that on purpose but now we can talk about that because it doesn't hurt as much as Ashton Gate so. <laughs> I'm never going to get over Ashton Gate never it makes me want like when we were talking about it earlier I think we talked about it earlier and I was just like I was talking to somebody about it and I was getting really wound up and I was like, I actually can't I was talking to my friends about it on a on my Hindu actually when we went down to talking and I was just explaining what happened I was getting so wound up I was like I actually can't talk about it, it make, I mean I wish Kovalan never scored that goal if I'm honest but there we yeah. go. People always, I always say that people always say to me your keeper scored in the last minute. And you and lost. You didn't, and you didn't win. <laughs> what happened? <laughs> I'm not explaining. Watching it. penalties as well, like watching the FA Cup this weekend and then getting onto that second round of penalties and just being like, still just like really 
really really wound up by it and uh, how mean it is I, I was saying to my partner this time when we were watching it I was like they should just do the second five goal five penalties are the same as the first five it should just be the total amount <laughs> not, not knock out but there we go it's fine. Fine about it. So we've turned Tim Seals Day into moaning about how shit we were and how shit Ashton Gate was. <laughs> so happy Tim Seals Day, everyone. Never support Torquay. It'll end in misery at some point down the line. <laughs> no matter how happy football makes you, that's what I'm talking about. It will end up all going to shit some years down the line. You're languishing around National League. <laughs> talking about Clyde Lolos with his uh, socks pulled down his ankles, just uh, leaning on the, uh, on, on the uh, dugout, thinking, what, what am I doing here? Um, and one other thing I think we wanted to bring out today was that we have all seen that a Blackpool player, Jake Daniels, has um, come out as gay, which is great to see. Um, and I think it has been a long time since somebody had, there was a guy in Australia, um, but it's still very difficult for players to, for male players to come out in football. So just wanted to say well done to Jake um, and I hope that he is supported and faces a really positive reaction to it. Yeah, what a yeah, it's a shame that it had to be a new story at all, really, because it should be one of the most normal things in the world these days. And sadly, it isn't. Um, and you just know, even in the Championship, um, he'll be playing in front of 10, 30,000 crowds you know, next season. You know, it's only going to be a small percentage, but someone will make themselves heard. Some idiot will make themselves heard. And, you know, you just hope that the rest of the crowd, you know, gets on them and, and gets them kicked out. Um, but be good on Jake and... Hopefully it brings about change in football and more people will do the same because yeah. I'm sure I'm sure there are more people out there who want to come out but they don't feel they will see. I think as someone said earlier, it's a really good point. There are more people who have come out who are in the clergy, um, in the church than there are in football. And that is a really sad reflection of how hard it is for footballers. Um, and yeah, I just hope that, that particularly the Blackpool fans can get behind him and support him in every single game. Mm. Um, and I hope that he is feeling really comfortable with his decision um, to come out and I hope everyone here is supported by the club completely I think that is about bouncing up for this uh, episode and I think we are planning to do an end of season special with some silly awards and talking about our favourite moments and whatnot. and I think that will be coming out in the next few weeks or so but this has been episode 74 and so thank you to Matthew cheers thank you and thank you to Irina Thank you very much. And we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you. Goodbye.